Hello and welcome to UCA News Weekly News Summary about and of interest to the church in Asia. I'm John Lawrenson. Every week we bring you stories that impact you. Listen and let others know you're listening by sharing this on your social media handles. We start with Myanmar, where Christians reacted angrily after soldiers and police raided Catholic and Protestant churches on allegations of illegal activities and sheltering anti-coup protesters. Catholic, Anglican and Baptist churches were targeted as media reports coming in suggest security officials fired shots inside a Kachin Baptist church and broke its gate as they searched for anti-coup protesters who had run into the compound to escape crackdowns. Some Catholics posted on social media to condemn the raids as unacceptable as security forces entered sacred places with guns. Christians have played a significant role in nationwide anti-coup protests. They've conducted prayers, fasted for a peaceful solution and supplied food and non-food items to affected people since the military coup of February the 1st. More than 700 people, including Christians, have been killed in anti-coup crackdowns. Minority Christians in the Buddhist-majority country have faced oppression, persecution and displacement at the hands of the military for decades in Christian-majority areas including Kachin, Chin, Karen and Kaya states. In Buddhist Thailand, refugees from Myanmar have no hiding place as Thai authorities continue to detain and deport people crossing the border to flee deadly violence. In recent weeks, Thai authorities have arrested hundreds of migrants from Myanmar who sought refuge in the country from violence and economic deprivation. Many of the arrested refugees were exhausted and hungry after hiding in thick forest. They were likely to be deported back to Myanmar, where they face an uncertain future amid a brutal crackdown by the military and ethnic conflicts. Media and NGOs reported that Thai authorities have already pushed back some 2,000 Karen refugees to Myanmar who had fled deadly airstrikes and ground attacks by the military in their villages. In Pakistan, Christians have called for peace and tolerance during the Islamic holy month of Ramadan as supporters of a radical Islamist group continue violent nationwide protests, Christians have flooded social media with messages of peace as thousands of supporters of extremist group Tariq e Labaik Pakistan, abbreviated as TLP, staged violent protests and clashes with police since April the 12th after their chief, Saad Rizvi, was arrested. Rizvi was detained after he called for the expulsion of the French ambassador from Pakistan over controversial cartoons of Prophet Muhammad in the French satirical magazine Charlie Hebdo. Rivzi had threatened to hold rallies to press the government to accept his demands. The protests over his arrest choked traffic in all major cities, causing huge public suffering. One TLP supporter was reportedly shot dead and two police officers also died in the violence. Hundreds were injured. In neighbouring India, the Supreme Court has ordered police not to arrest three medical professionals, including two senior Catholic nuns, four months after they were charged with culpable homicide. 
Dr. Sister Herman Joseph, Nurse Sister Lorraine Thayil and their colleague Sabiha Ansari have been facing arrest following the death of a pregnant woman in their Catholic hospital in Madhya Pradesh state last December. A woman admitted to Pushpakalyan Hospital for a caesarean section died after being given an anaesthetic. The hospital was shut down last December under pressure from groups linked to the Bharatiya Janata Party, which runs the state government. The accused sought bail from the state high court but failed, forcing them to move to the Supreme Court. The hospital, run by the Sisters of St. Joseph of Chambéry Congregation, provided medical services for poor people in the area. Church officials say the medical team cannot be blamed for the death as they did everything to revive the patient after she developed complications soon after receiving anaesthesia. Catholics in South Korea have joined a fundraising campaign to express solidarity with Pope Francis's appeal to help poor countries obtain life-saving COVID-19 vaccines. Cardinal Andrew Yeum Sojung, Archbishop of Seoul, has urged the faithful to participate in a fund that will be sent to the Vatican to help people in lower-income countries to have access to vaccines. The campaign is open to anyone and will run until November the 27th. Cardinal Yeom said that in solidarity with Pope Francis, the Catholic Bishops' Conference of Korea has decided to launch a vaccine-sharing campaign to support the distribution of COVID-19 vaccines to the world's poorer nations. South Korea, one of the world's leading economies, has successfully tackled the pandemic thanks to its effective measures and world-class healthcare system. In neighbouring Japan, Archbishop Tarsizio Izawa Kikuchi of Tokyo has urged the faithful to strictly follow emergency rules as regions across the country experience a spike in COVID-19 cases and deaths. Japan has recorded more than half a million cases and 9,422 deaths from COVID-19. In recent weeks, various regions and prefectures, including capital Tokyo, Osaka, Hyogo, Kyoto and Okinawa, have seen a rise in infections, prompting the government to enforce lockdown rules to curb the virus. Capital Tokyo was placed in a month-long quasi-emergency less than a month after a broader state of emergency was lifted. In a message on Monday, Archbishop Kikuchi reminded people about government regulations and appealed to them to refrain from non-essential and non-urgent travel, to avoid crowded places and to wear masks during meals and conversations. The Indonesian government and NGOs, including Caritas, have rushed to help victims after a powerful earthquake hit East Java province last Saturday, leaving eight people dead and dozens injured. The disaster came only six days after flash floods and landslides killed some 177 people in the eastern part of the country. The 6.1 magnitude earthquake damaged more than a 1,000 houses and scores of other buildings, including places of worship. The National Disaster Mitigation Agency reported at least eight aftershocks. Government officials visited the worst-hit villages and promised that those whose houses were damaged in the disaster would receive financial aid ranging from 10 million to 50 million rupiah, which is a little more than 3,000 US dollars. 
Meanwhile, Caritas Indonesia has begun a disaster assessment to measure how much aid is needed to help survivors and repair damage. In communist Laos, minority Christians were delighted when a Christian pastor was released from prison after more than a year in police detention. 35-year-old Sithon Thipavong from the southern province of Savanakhet was convicted on April 6th by a provincial court on charges of disrupting unity and creating disorder. He was also slapped with a fine of 4 million kip, or 426 US dollars. However, he was released three days later on account that he served the time in jail awaiting trial. The release of Sithon has been hailed as a rare victory in the Southeast Asian nation, where minority Christians often face abuses and discrimination. He was arrested on March the 15th last year after authorities accused him of conducting religious services without permission. Media reported that reason of arrest was his refusal to sign a document renouncing his faith. Christians in Laos number around 150,000 in a country of 7 million. They continued to endure routine discrimination at the hands of communist officials and hostile locals who view Christianity as a subversive alien faith. A young boy became a sensation in the Catholic-majority Philippines after he wrote a letter that rebuked President Rodrigo Duterte for his constant cursing during televised speeches. Duterte, in power since 2016, is known for his heavy-handed policies and rights violations, including extrajudicial killings in the name of law and order. He is also infamous for using profanities, even in the presence of foreign dignitaries. Nine-year-old Sky from Baguio City wrote that as a president, Duterte should be a role model for good manners and conduct. He said he is shocked at how the president curses and badmouths others when people are told to respect one another and not be offensive to others. The boy's mother said her son wrote the letter as part of a school assignment and she was very surprised when she read it. That's all for this week. Log on to ucanews.com for daily news and commentaries and share this podcast in your WhatsApp family or parish groups. Encourage others to listen. Help us get the stories from regions that mainstream media fails to reach and report. Visit ucanews.com slash donate and contribute whatever you can to help us grow. Thank you for listening. Today's producer was Binu Alex, and until next week, goodbye.